The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. On the show today, we're talking about how the nose knows. Your dog's nose has some amazing and incredible abilities that may be surprising. Discover what your dog's nose is capable of by listening to our guest. This truly interesting information presented by Dr. Edward Morrison, a professor at Auburn University, is later in the show. And also in segment four, we're going to tell you what happened to the 79-year-old lady in Cleveland who was sentenced to 10 days in prison for feeding cats. All that in segment four. So you need to stick around. Did you ever think about creating a pet-friendly room? Charlotte's friend, TV contractor Skip Bedell of Catch a Contractor is joining us today to talk about creating a pet-friendly room for your pets. Yeah, Fido and, Fido and Felix are going to get their own room. And yay, in each show, we're bringing you the celebrity scoop. We have a lot of celebrity gossip to cover today. Mm. This and Flex Facts are always found in segment two. Dr. Fleck is talking about the health hazards at a grooming shop. You're going to want to listen to this. But now we're going to find out about what's happening in El Paso, Texas and in Dayton, Ohio with our next guest. Kicking off our show today is Tim Hetzner, the president of Northbrook, Illinois Lutheran Church Charities that deploys a sea of fur, also known as canine comfort dogs, to areas struck by crisis or natural disaster. You know, when I called him on Saturday night to set up this interview, he was already dispatching dogs to El Paso, Texas. Amazing. After a young man from Allen, Texas, drove over 600 miles away and entered an El Paso, Texas Walmart to shoot and kill 22 people, leaving dozens more injured. At the time when we spoke, we had no idea that Tim was going to have to organize another team of dogs for Dayton, Ohio, as a result of another gunman shooting and killing his sister and eight others at a popular local bar in Ohio. While the shooter in Texas has been apprehended, the shooter in Ohio is dead. Hey, Tim, you know, thanks so much for stopping by and talking with myself and Dr. Fleck about the aftermath of the shootings. Tim, the fact that you're there, your organization continues to be there for more and more shootings. It's really working on overdrive, you know, around the country, deploying teams after this type of violence is committed. So what's your take on the fact that it's just happening more and more? We've got a messed up world, a messed up United States, and I think from all indications that we get from our work with law enforcement and others that this will probably not decrease before it increases. You know, I'm just curious because I mentioned a little earlier that I called you right away when I saw this was happening and you were in the process of of dispatching uh, dogs to El Paso. At that time, Mm -hmm. we didn't know that Dayton was going on. How long does it generally take you to dispatch dog teams to places like El Paso and Dayton? Our goal is to put boots and paws on the ground within 24 hours of our invite to come in. We only go where we're invited. So 
In this case here in Dayton, we had dogs in the ground uh, within 12 hours. And in, in, in El Paso, they had them right the next day, so within 24 hours. Well, you know, that's just that's totally amazing, the response time. So we know you're in El Paso, Texas right now. What's the atmosphere like in the town? You know, they're scared. The number of people we've talked to, they're afraid to go to a Walmart. They're afraid, you know, when's the next one going to happen? It's, there are other people out there like that. It's so... It's helping people to calm them in those fears and help them that, you know, you can't because of one person, you know, live life in fear. You know, I hate to say this, but, you know, sometimes, you know, when the shooter actually dies, you mm -hmm. know, I want to be careful when I say this so people don't get the wrong impression. But it seems like it's on its way to all. I mean, it's that that part of the trauma has ended. You know what I mean? And then right. it's kind of like the recovery. But when they're still alive, like with the Dylan Roof episode, it seems like it just goes on and on and on. That trauma doesn't go away. It doesn't yeah, it does. dissipate. you got to help people see that, you know, and that's, again, part of our Christian ministry, but help people to see that, you know, we're not defined by this and that you can't live in fear. Fear is a liar. And you have to just continue to support the people around you and continue to uh, go on with life. And... And that, like I said, this community is, I am so impressed with this community here in El Paso. They're just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. We were at a memorial service at, at the high school last night. Just all the people coming in for that. I think but, those doves were definitely a good release. They released doves at that high school. Yep. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Tim Hertzner of LLC's Canine Comfort Dogs. He's talking about his team visiting El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio, where there were shootings within 36 hours of each other. So, Tim, where are your Tims meeting and comforting folks down in Texas? I noticed you said you were in the hospitals and schools. Where are the dogs based? All of the above. We move around. We started this morning at 5 o'clock. We're at the hospital right now at Del Sal. We're going to be going over to the memorial site. Then we're going to be with uh, uh, first responders of police, 911 centers and fire departments, and their families at 11 o'clock. Uh, and then other visits. We, you know, we do individual visits too. Last night we sent a few dogs over to uh, a, a trauma center actually that was set up for people that are just afraid to go out. And our dogs were with those with. The counselors that they have down here, again, we, we bring in the dog to help people open up and feel relaxed and, and begin to start talking about what, what they're thinking and what they're going through. Tim, tell us a little bit about how these dogs comfort the, the first responders and the injured, injured individuals, their families, as well as just other members in the community affected by this horrible, horrible tragedy. Well, when you think of first responders, when something like this happens, I mean, they got to deal with it and they've got to operate in, in their professional mode, which they do to deal with the situation at the media time and in the days that go on, you know, like processing bodies, processing that whole store and parking lot at uh, Walmart. You know, people that had cars at Walmart couldn't get their cars since the shooting until eight o'clock this morning. So people are going back over to get their cars. So I imagine, you know, you, even if you didn't lose somebody, you lost your car in this whole thing because it was part of the crime scene. You saying the parking lot, it kind of reminds me, and I, I think I might have told you this, Dr. Fleck, but, you know, living in New York during 9-11, one of the things that was uh, very traumatic was that you would see what was left in the parking lots. I mean, you would see the cars mm -hmm. that didn't move whether they were in apartment buildings or whether they were in parking lots around the World Trade Center, and you knew 
after a week, two mm-hmm. weeks, those were th- those were people who didn't make it. Well, it seems that there's, like we said, tragedy going on on a regular basis. How do you and your staff uh, and the teams, the dog teams, stay focused yeah. and stay positive to help those that are suffering? Well, we debrief. We debrief every night, and and I got to tell you that the, the key thing for all of us is that we are Christian and and we rely on that and rely on the hope that we have in Jesus Christ and we encourage and pray with one another as we pray with other people. So we, we help each other emotionally and spiritually and physically to uh, keep at what it is that we're doing. And uh, we have to watch our dogs, too, that we don't burn them out. Let's get our listeners involved here. How can they really help? Donations, volunteers, or what? Well, how we work is we never, ever charge those we serve. So we pick up all of our own transportation costs, meals, lodging, all that to help us travel. That's that's our biggest okay biggest expense in deployments, uh, crisis and disaster deployments. And they can go to our website and do that. Yeah. So whether you donate you five or ten or ten thousand dollars, absolutely, we totally encourage you. That was okay. Tim Hertzner, the president of the Northbrook, Illinois-based Lutheran Church Charities that deploys canine comfort dogs to areas struck by crisis or natural disaster. To learn more about this organization as well as to send a donation for their good works, we encourage anybody, everybody, to really, if you can, write a check. We're going to write a small check. To them, like we like to, the charities that we support, we like to help them. Our community is the United States. Exactly. You know, that's a great way to end the segment. So visit LutheranChurchCharities.org. Well, let's take a commercial break and come back with the Celebrity Pet Scoop and Flex Facts. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, visit www.epi-pet.com. My name is Michelle Schaefer. I'm the mom of three boys, and I'm from Haddonfield and North Wildwood, New Jersey. I met Aladdin through my work with Lilo's Promise Animal Rescue, and I foster the emaciated dogs that come into our program. Aladdin came to us. He had been dumped at the side of the road. He weighed about 18 pounds. He had broken bones, other wounds, and he was missing 12 teeth. He was the worst abuse case I had ever seen. The most moving experience that I've had while working with Aladdin were when we were first responders at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. And Aladdin usually works off leash. He was on leash that night, and he led me over to a very specific person. And here, that man had been in the nightclub the night of the shootings. He and Aladdin shared a very special moment that really made me cry. Aladdin has changed the way I see the world in a million different ways. The main thing is to treat people with kindness and compassion. My name is Michelle Schaefer. 
and Aladdin and I are individuals. Well, thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. In the Celebrity Pet Scoop, Aaron Carter, who recently adopted an English bulldog from the Lancaster Animal Shelter, that's run by L.A. County, was accused of trying to flip his dog online for, get this, $3,500. Now, that's according to TMZ. Well, if Aaron is actually adopting dogs from around the area only later to flip them from cash, he wouldn't be committing any crimes by doing so, but that doesn't mean that it's right. Okay, also, reunited in love, Justin Theroux and Jennifer Aniston, you know, their splitsville, were seemingly reunited to say goodbye to their beloved white shepherd, Dolly, who's named after the singer Dolly Parton, was featured in pictures, dead, of course, weird, um, that Theroux shared of the funeral and the two holding hands. So the divorced couple, or divorced couples in general, can come together over kids and dogs. And, well... Legally Blonde and Big Little Lies actress Reese Witherspoon, her English bulldog puppy, that's Lou, is finding inappropriate items to chew up, according to the actress on social media. Lou ate one of her favorite sneakers. I think I'm going to send her a bag of appropriate chew toys, uh, <laughs> Dr. Fleck. Now, Milo Ventamigaglia, I think I said his name right. Um, couldn't get enough of his furry co-stars on the set of The Art of Racing in the Rain, that new movie. Kevin Costner, my favorite guy from Yellowstone, plays the <laughs> voice of the dog. Well, he admitted, that's Milo, that he admitted that he wanted to take a puppy home with him after the film wrap, but he just doesn't have the time. Well, good, responsible choice. And speaking of Golden Retrievers, Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas were spotted out with the sibling of Waldo Picasso, you know, who got killed last week. He got hit by a car down in Soho. But down in Miami, there was a snap of Turner holding a golden retriever. So perhaps they added another golden retriever to the mix. And no word on the name of that new dog. But lastly, Ed Sheridan is dealing with the loss of his cat while he's on tour. His cat Graham died after getting hit by a car. How did the, how'd the cat get hit by a car? I don't know. Who knows? Well, anyway, that's the Celebrity Pet Buzz. Wow, that was packed today. Action-packed today. But now... Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! It's going to take long. You got the time. Okay. What's the illustrious topic today, Dr. Flack? Today, we are going to be talking about potential pet health hazards at the grooming shop. Okay. You know, while it must be said that all groomers love animals, we know that, or else they wouldn't embark upon that career. However, accidents can occur mm-hmm. at the groom shop. And so before I talk about accidents, I think it's important to learn more about dog groomers and their reputation of the shop, as well as any procedures before you leave your dog or cat at a particular shop. In other words, investigate. Okay. Find out how long the shop has been in business. Uh, it's always a good idea to read reviews of the shop on the Internet or Yelp. Also, check out the positive and negative reviews and look at them more discreetly, too, about what your effort is for your particular pet. Ask about groomers' education. I might point out that groomers are not licensed. 
They're not licensed in any state in, in the United States. And most importantly, find out how they handle emergencies in case something happens to your pet. Do they work with a vet nearby or do they have a special veterinarian that they work with? But find out that they do work with a veterinarian in case there's an accident. Also, ask if you can see where they groom and bathe hygienically. Is it clean? If they allow it, notice if the tub and cages are really clean. Well, those are really great tips, Dr. Fleck. I mean, that's a lot of things that people wouldn't think about. So let's get down to it. Let's talk about accidents. They're on a grooming table. Sometimes they have a noose around them holding them on Mm -hmm. the grooming table. And they can slip, and that could put pressure on the neck and the trachea area. And they can have some problems, particularly cats, that sometimes are hard to hold together. They can sit still, and cats can be really nervous. The dogs can sit still, but the cats can be really nervous. Uh, They can both struggle. Uh, They're usually caught before they have a, a traumatic event where they fall but off what the if table. But what if they're not caught? What if they fall off and break their leg? Well, if you're talking about the, the musculoskeletal system, they usually don't break their leg, but they can. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that'll happen rarely, but it can happen. Uh, the dog should never be left alone on the table and must be taken to the vet immediately by the groomer. Uh, they should contact the, the pet owner if something like that happens. But that should happen immediately. Okay, so just uh, quickly. Now, I know because I've groomed dogs and I have clippers. Clippers get hot. So tell me about clipper burns. If the pet is being clipped and the clipper is too hot, it can cause pain and irritation to to the skin. So before leaving the shop, check the clipper, check for clipper burns, a rash that will be on the the, the, uh, skin of the dog. And it particularly will be in the areas of the the neck and the hindquarters. Uh, so look there particularly uh, closely. I think that's a great idea because maybe they, if you have a, some groomers don't always talk about stuff like that. They don't tell you. That's right. They don't. So then you need to have some sort of protection and care if they do have clipper burns. So that would be probably contact your veterinarian. And okay. ask them for what you now, should use for that. I've always had spaniels. Mm-hmm. So I've always had to be extra careful because I'm thinking water in the ears. Well, ear infections are, groomers are not, are not trained to treat ears. If they see something wrong, they should leave the ear completely alone. Tell the pet owner that they need to take the pet to the veterinarian because of an ear problem. But if they've got floppy ears, uh, even if they don't have floppy ears, we don't want water in the ear. So... I always recommend that they put cotton balls in the ear to try to help prevent the water from going into the ears while they're being bathed. What about cats, Dr. Fluck? I have a cat. I need to get it groomed. Cats, when they're groomed, we have to be concerned about them because their skin is so thin and it would be so easy, either with the clippers or with scissors, to cut the skin. So that's what they need to watch out for, and groomers are, are designed to protect them for just that. Also, we talk about fleas and ticks uh, and their protection with their bathing products. Cats are particularly sensitive to insecticides and many other ingredients and shampoos. So that needs to be watched very closely, too. I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people have a lot of indoor and outdoor cats. Okay, any additional comments? Yes. Using dryers and cages, 
that's usually considered to be a no-no because of the heat, and they're not, uh, they get too heated as they would if they were in a car that were closed during the summertime. So too much heat directly on the dog can result in heat stroke, and your dog can collapse. If you'd like me to add one more thing if I have time, lastly, it's a good idea to make sure the groomer has a current phone number and preferably a cell phone number. You need to insist that if there's a problem with your dog or cat, they need to call you immediately. And you know what? That's Flex Facts for the week. Thank you so much, Dr. Fleck, for that great information. I can't wait for next week's Flex Facts. But up next is my I Likey of the Week. Then we're going to talk to our next guest about how to create a successful pet-friendly room. Later on the show, we're going to find out what happened to the 79-year-old Cleveland resident who was sentenced to jail for 10 days for feeding cats in her neighborhood. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian, Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, I know you've been anxiously anticipating my I likey of the week. So this week I've fallen for Tevra Brands Vitality because they help pet owners take better care of their pets by manufacturing flea and tick products that protect dogs and cats of all sizes and shapes for a fraction of the cost of leading brands that you would find at veterinary clinics. They contain the same ingredients, so thus they have the same efficacy that the leading vet brands have, but you can buy their spot-ons and flea collars at stores like Pet Supplies Plus. Remember, wherever you live, you need to protect your dog and cat year-round. Well, let's get on with our next guest, If you have space and you're a pet lover, it makes great sense to give your dog or cat a comfy room all of his own. He'll have a place to relax and stay mentally and physically active during the day, and you'll ensure he can't trash your home while you're away. Good point, Dr. Fleck. And joining Mm -hmm. us today is Skip Bedell. Skip is a licensed home improvement contractor and television personality best known for his TV show, Catch a Contractor, and his appearances on Fox and Friends, we're excited to have you on the Pet Buzz because we know you and your wife, Allison, are huge pet lovers. Oh, by the way, Skip, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Skip. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, 
I made it to another one. I can't believe it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm so excited that you're here because I just saw your appearance on Fox and Friends and I knew that you were the person to help and discuss cat and dog rooms. Yeah. But, you know, I know you and Allison are huge dog lovers. How many dogs and cats do you guys have? Well, yeah, dogs and cats. Um, you're right. We have, gosh, let's think now. I have uh, six cats and we are down to three dogs. Okay, so, so six cats I, and three dogs. That's a lot yeah, of pets. So when I met Allison, she had seven cats and six dogs. Oh, <laughs> And okay. I had a bunch, and I had a bunch of dogs too. So yeah, we're, we're definitely animal people. We both have grown up like that. My dad, uh, bred and, and showed dogs my whole life. I, I, you know, always had lots of dogs in the house. So uh, for us, it's just, you know, they're, they're like part of our family. You know? Right. Now, some people today, they really want to have a pet room. Do you guys have a pet room? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. You have to have a pet room. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. As a contractor, you know, I get, I get requests from people to build all kinds of things. And I've seen like a huge trend just recently, probably over the last, even as small as five years of people were asking, what, what can we do? We have like a, you know, an extra room in the house, you know, maybe our, our kid left for college and we have an extra bedroom or we, ha- we want to do something, you know, to make something special for the pets. So, you know, we've been coming up with all kinds of cool ideas and designs and stuff. And, and then, you know, Allison and I got married and we bought a house together and we wound up doing the same thing here. And that's what kind of kind of kicked off this whole thing. It's like just, you know, it's a really cool way to make that special space just for them. And I have to tell you, honestly, for me, it was like out of necessity because I never had cats before. Mm-hmm. And Allison had a lot of them. So when we when we moved in together, I'm allergic to cats. So yeah. I found this out. Yeah, I found this out. The really hard way? Abruptly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, for us, it, it just seemed like a great way to kind of give them like their separate space. So they weren't constantly everywhere all the time. Right. And it kind of just evolved into this really cool thing. And now it's become a very fun room. Well, you know, the interesting thing is, I mean, you're a contractor, so you're in people's houses all the time. So as a result of being a pet owner, you know, you're cognizant and your your crew is cognizant of going in and out or back and forth to the truck or doing whatever you need. And a lot of people are cognizant. So, you know, it's easy for dogs or if you have delivery men in the house or you have, you know, guests coming over, it's always easier to have those pets in a special room that's a designated place for them. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like having kids. You know, you've been to people's house that have like a lot of little kids uh-huh. and the whole house looks like a toy box. Right. You know, like everywhere you look. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's just a great way to keep, especially if you have more than one pet, uh-huh. it's a great way to keep everything organized and kind of keep a safe place for them. And it's also a kind of place, you know, pets like to, especially cats and dogs, they like to have their own space. They like right. to have a place they kind of go to and, and bed down so they can do that separate from where you are and get away from the noise and the, and the bustle right. of the house. Especially so. when there's holidays or parties or something. Okay. So. When designing a pet room, what's the biggest mistake that people make? Like, what what do they need to think of? Oh, wow. So if you want to do one right, I've seen a lot done wrong. So you have to kind of think of, like, all the all the necessities of what you need in that room. So for me, and, and finding out again from experience when I built the first one in our house, well, I took a room. It actually wasn't even a room. It was our attic. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, I divided the attic. It was unfinished, just like, you know, insulation and nothing up there, just storage space. And I divided the space off and I finished it with some drywall and made it like into a room. But then I realized I needed to have water up there. I wanted to have a place where like a, a place where I can, 
you know, we can uh, clean out their bowls and we can give them fresh water and it's upstairs. So especially if you're on another floor, you might want to consider having something close to a source of water. Right. Also, um, you know, temperature control is really important. So for us, again, putting in the attic, the attic is a hot space. So I had to consider that. I had to put, uh, you know, a separate little air conditioning system in there. Mm-hmm. And for me, now that we have these cats, um, I got to tell you, honestly, with the cats, you know, like just the dust from the litter box. And, the, and again, I wasn't like familiar with all this stuff because I never right. had cats before. So in building this room, I'm like, what can I do to contain that space? Like litter boxes in a separate space. And the smell so with so just, many cats. Yeah. And, the, and yeah, I'm not a fan of, of, of that. Well, I guess I know who cleans so the I litter boxes in your house. A hundred percent right about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Allison. Maybe I love you, but if you want to have six cats, you're going to clean the litter boxes. <laughs> but I can tell you just from going into so many of my customers' houses over the years, you can tell right away when you walk into someone's house that has a cat. Oh, no, and I'm like, honey, you, know what? you can be at the door and not even in the house and you can smell the cat. Yeah. So, you know, for me, like I never had cats before. So now, I, you know, when Ali and I got married and we got this house and all of a sudden all these cats move in, I'm like, all right, I, I now have to put my skills to work to combat this new overwhelming force in my house. Overwhelming <laughs> so, force. So anyway, P.S., I built this room, right? So uh-huh. We made this room and it separated a little space and we have all the litter boxes up in there. But one thing that I found really important to also add to that list of now the, the air temperature, uh, having a source of water was also the air filtration. So we got mm-hmm. litter boxes that had, you know, air filters built into them. Mm-hmm. Um, we put a separate air filtration system in there. Um, things like people make mistakes like putting their wrong flooring. You don't want to have carpeting in your pet room or your cat room. You know, not a good choice. So, I mean, you it know, sounds to me like um, it's a balance of, like, thinking about the cat's natural, like, what offends us, you know, or their spe- and and their physical and mental needs. So, it's a combination of cleaning up the floor and then, you know, are you going to have cats, like, climbing the walls, you know? So, maybe you can't have right. lamps. Maybe you need, like, above-ceiling lighting. Like you said, you know, if you turn the temperature right. down, they the cats are going to shed less. But then with litter boxes, like you said, the smell, you need a filtration system, especially if you have so many cats and so many litter boxes. Yeah, We've gone over my time, but there's one other point I just want you to 30 seconds. You know, the other thing is tech is oh, yeah. great because now you can turn the lights on when you're outside your house, especially in daylight savings time. You know, oh, adjusting yeah. the thermometer, I think is awesome. Yeah. Having the camera to watch them, to interact with them with the treat. I mean... You know, now the rooms are not just about the love. They're they're about the high tech, too, right? The camera is the key. The house has got cameras all over the place. But she actually talks to them during the day. She's at the office, and she'll talk to them. You can watch what they're doing. So, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. The tech has changed everything. We have cameras that have, like, a laser on it that you can play with the cats while you're at work. Like, it's, it's, it's just crazy what you can get with tech now. So I know. It's, it's, uh, taking it's it awesome. It's to a whole other level, right? Right. Well, Skip, thank you so much for, you know, joining us today discussing how to create the perfect pet room. So yeah, hopefully you'll come back. We My might pleasure. even, we, we went over the time. We might have to cut this into two interviews, but everyone, that was sure. Skip Bedell from his TV show, Catch a Contractor. You know him and also from his great appearances on Fox and Friends. Check out his website at skipbedell.com. Well, what's next? When I come back, I'm going to fill you in on the Pet Buzz Global News 
And I want you to know that your dog's nose has some amazing and incredible abilities that may surprise you. Discover what your dog's nose is capable of by listening to our next guest. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. I'm petrologist Charlotte Reed. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban. Suburban and and country. country. I feel like we should play more a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock. You know what I mean? I like it. Yeah. I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. So let's kick off the segment with global pet news. And now Pet Buzz news from around the globe. Nancy Segula is 79 years old, and she received a 10-day jail sentence for refusing to stop feeding stray cats in her suburban Cleveland neighborhood. After the sentence was widely criticized, a judge is willing to take a second look at her case. This week, the court decided blank. So I'm going to come back to that. And now let's move on with the show. Dogs explore the world through their noses, so we want to learn how best to take care of their noses so they can perform at their best. Our next guest is Dr. Edward E. Morrison, Professor of Veterinary Histology and Neuroscience at the Auburn University College of Veterinary Medicine. In 2003, Dr. Morrison became the head of the Department of Anatomy, Physiology, and Pharmacology. Wow. Along with his teaching, Dr. Morrison is extensively involved in research dealing with neuroscience and biosensory systems. Dr. Morrison, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Well, thank you very much for having me. Hey, can you tell us what are the functions of the dog nose and how do the functions work together? Well, the dog nose is really built for protection, and protection meaning that it's going to protect the sensory olfactory region as well as the delicate epithelium of the lungs. When you look at a dog's nose, there is incredible amount of scrolls and bony folds like an accordion, and it's covered by a secretion. So as the air comes in, it's warm, cleaned, and humidified before it reaches the sensory olfactory region. And those secretions are also important because they contain these little proteins called defensins that are antibacterial and antiviral in nature. So they automatically present the first line of defense for the respiratory system. Wow, that's 
really interesting. I don't remember learning that in school. I know, but you know, this is a funny thing. Like, I don't want to sound like a clown or anything, but it's since it's so clean up there, do dogs get boogers like people? <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, but primarily, it stays on the front end of the nose, not okay. the back end. Like, like you can dig your finger way in. <laughs> well, not me, but one of my childhood friends. I'll never forget that image. Okay, so dogs can get boogers. Okay, so now I'll ask my real question. So, how do dogs analyze the smells, or should I say, how does the brain process the smells, the scents? Well, when you look at a dog when they first sniff. It's not just one event. They have a rapid fire sniffing that brings the air into the olfactory region. The olfactory region is in the back of the nasal cavity, and there's about 300 million uh, olfactory neurons present there. They bind the odorant, and it generates an electrical potential, and that electrical potential is then sent to the brain, which the first relay station is the olfactory bulb. And it's a very large piece of central nervous system dedicated to olfaction in dogs. And that's really where the integration of what they're smelling begins. This sounds like a space episode, I like know. olfactory bulb. and 300 million. I know, that's, that's so crazy. Hey, Doc, uh, the, the dog nostrils work together, we know, but can each one work by themselves individually? Uh, the nose actually does behave as two separate uh, vessels, if you will. Uh, when we do human threshold detection, we pinch one nose off and the other nostril and the left and right smell differently threshold. The dog does the same thing. When you look at a dog sniffing, you'll notice that it moves. The nostrils move right, left, laterally, up and down. And what they're doing is sampling that area. So they bring in the scent to the right side of the olfactory field and the left side of the olfactory field in the nasal cavity. Again, the electrical impulses go to the olfactory bulbs. The right side of the brain interprets that smell. The left side of the brain interprets the smell. Overlapping, the dog now has a 3D appreciation for what it's smelling, and it can determine the concentration, the detection levels, and the direction of where the odorant is really arising from. It's really a magical event. Wow. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Dr. Edward E. Morrison from Auburn University <laughs> College of Veterinary Medicine. You know, War Eagle. Mm-hmm. War Eagle. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, War Eagle. War, so my next question is, can you compare a dog's sense of smell to that of humans? Well, humans, like you and I, we're pretty visual in our appreciation of the world. Dogs see the world through their nose. It's a beautiful organ. As I mentioned earlier, the dog has about 300 million olfactory receptor neurons. We humans have about 60 million, so there's a significant difference. So what the dog is perceiving is just tremendous input on olfaction. Where is this scent? What does it mean to the dog? And they can detect parts per trillion Whereas we humans, we're not bad. We can detect parts per billion, but we are in no way near what the acuity of olfaction that the dog has. You know, our listening audience, I'm sure, is real concerned about this one. So do different dog breeds have better senses of smell than others? Well, it's believed that the short-nosed dogs, like pugs and boxers, you know, when they sniff their efficiency of sniffing isn't nearly as good as what a retriever, a golden 
retriever or Labrador or a bloodhound for that matter, they bring in tremendous amounts of air or sniffs into the olfactory region. And also, you know, the sight hounds, Afghans, greyhounds, although they have as many olfactory neurons, they just don't seem to really care about olfaction as much as the sight. When they see a squirrel or prey, they quickly move in that direction as opposed to sniffing it. You know, this is kind of like a basic question, and it's a great way to end the interview because, we, like we said, we're going to have you back. There's more information. So since we have a better understanding, or I should say a rudimentary understanding of how the nose works, should we assume, I mean, that a healthy nose is a wet nose? Or and how best can we take care of our pooch's nose? Well, it's always been even... Ever since I was a child, you know, the, the wet and cold nose is a healthy nose, and it really is. And that secretion that is on that black eraser out in the front of the nasal cavity <laughs> really plays an important role because it actually binds with the odorants in the immediate environment and holds that odor so the sniff is actually more effective bringing the odor into the olfactory region. Now, a dry nose doesn't necessarily mean your dog is is ill or going to be ill. They could have been sleeping in the sunshine or they just haven't licked their nose that much. But just like humans, and here in the summer in Alabama, you got to be careful about your pets. Uh, heat stroke, heat stress, those are real problems. So when you're exercising or playing with your dog or working with your dog, pay attention to not only their nose, their breathing, the panting, their eyes, and everything else because it's a serious issue. Well, Dr. Morrison, how interesting, and thank you for being with us today. One, one of the top five interviews of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Of all, yep. My, I got a new crush. <laughs> I got a new crush. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. So until next time. Well, well thank th- you so much for having me on War Eagle. War Eagle. Eagle. Well, that was Dr. Edward E. Morrison, Professor of Veterinary Histology and Neuroscience at Auburn University College of Veterinary Medicine, discussing understanding how a dog's nose works. For more information, visit vetmed.auburn.edu. Oh, my. That's the bell, Dr. Fleck. Again? Signifying it's time to wrap the show. But before we will, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Well, next week, we're going to talk with Rory Diamond about veterans obtaining service dogs. We're going to talk about pet-friendly cities. And we're going to talk about how vets take care of fish. (laughs) Kind of random, but all really interesting stuff. But before we go, please thank our guest, Dr. Fleck. Special thanks to Tim Hetzner, Skip Fidel, and Dr. Edward Morrison. And, of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Well, if you have a question, write us at Team at the Pet Buzz, and we'll cover it on next week's show. Just so you know, you can follow along on our social media channels as the show airs. Yeah, we drop our thoughts, our yep. notes, mm-hmm. uh, relevant information to the interviews. I think that's one of the best parts of the show. It's kind of fun to watch. Exactly. And if you've missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. 
The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. They call me Prince like I'm royalty or something. But the places I've lived ain't no palaces. So I don't need grilled salmon or a new scratching post. Just give me a cardboard box and a can of tuna and we're good. You can even change my name. I'm cool being the kitty formerly known as Prince. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com.